The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. I would just like to know what you can say to reassure us that this election will not be rigged or stolen. Well, well I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Um, but, but look, I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. That's why we've got to have uh, a, I, I believe, a voting rights division in uh, the Justice Department that is nonpartisan and that is serious about you know, investigating cases of vote fraud, is serious about making sure that people aren't being discouraged to vote. That's why uh, the voting rights legislation that was passed a couple of years ago to help county clerks make sure that the machines were in place that were needed were, are important. That's why we need paper trails on these new electronic machines so that you actually have something that you can hang on to after you've punched that letter, make sure that it hasn't been hacked into. I mean, those are all part and process of making sure that our democracy works for everybody. Wow, that sounds, uh, sounds pretty good. That's uh, from the dear leader himself back in 2008 when he was campaigning ahead of his first term as president of the United States. The silver-tongued orator saying that, look, we just need, there's cheating on both sides, but, you know, I'm here to establish a nonpartisan oversight something in the Justice Department, but it needs to be nonpartisan. And, of course, that's who I am, Barack Obama. Not partisan at all. He just wanted a fair process, right? He just wanted the oversight to be nonpartisan, right? He wanted it to be transparent, right? Well, many are calling for that today, and democracy is dying in the darkness. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our growing, growing audience. You can get to the live video stream of this show through our website. That would be thetrumpet.com. Just go to the trumpet.com forward slash live. And you can get to the live stream. It's at 11 a.m. every weekday morning here in the central time zone of the United States. Of course, we post all of our programs after the fact as well. You can get to that, get to that at the front page of the website or that same address that I just gave to you. So Obama tweeted out yesterday. He says, I can't emphasize enough how much Secretary of State races matter. They don't always get the most attention. But they're crucial to ensuring that we have fair elections. 
He's uh, commenting yesterday that it's really important that we get those secretary of states and that they're Democrats. They've got to be the ones controlling the machines. He acknowledged in 2008 just how important it was in Ohio to control the machines. What does that mean? He says here, and this time voters across the country chose candidates who will fight for democracy. Candidates like, I guess, like Katie Hobbs. She's the current Secretary of State in Arizona, and she's presiding over her own race as governor against Carrie Lake. She's controlling the election that she's in. And so it's gone on for, well, who can forget Fox News calling Arizona for Joe Biden two years ago? Now, I mean, the whole media anointed him king, the Biden, that is, five days after the election. Here we are today, seven days out. And Arizona, I mean, it's coming right down to the wire. They're stealing it. They're stealing it right before our eyes. It's happening again, isn't it? Of course it is. Look at this footage from uh, Ben Burkwam. He, uh, this was from Friday, uh, or Thursday, I guess. So, again, the election's on the 8th. His footage outside of the Maricopa County uh, counting headquarters is from two days later. And notice what he says here, clip 16. Out here at the Maricopa elections office, more Penske trucks coming in, apparently delivering ballots. Yeah, so it's at 2836th Street is where they're, where they're warehousing them. Yeah, 2836th Street. It's out on University by the airport. It's following one of the Penske trucks. Just left the elections office. Just trying to keep an idea of chain of custody, what's happening with this election, make sure we don't see any of the fraud that we saw in 2020. But I don't have high hopes at this point based on what we've seen so far. He doesn't have high hopes uh, seeing the Penske trucks coming in two days after the election. Does that make sense? So, so, supposing you said, okay, I understand they need a little bit more time to count them, but the fact that ballots are still coming in, they're, they're still bringing ballots to the facility two days after election day? How about this tweet from Nate Cohen? The thing that keeps Democratic hopes alive is that they are gaining the post-election vote in most districts. The post-election vote? What is this? This is the new normal. They tell us over and again now that this happens all the time. The post-election vote. And it just so happens that most of them are going Democrat. Same thing happened in Nevada Saturday night with Laxalt. He had, Lindsey Graham said last week that the numbers don't add up. The Democrats can't win that race. If, if Laxalt loses, that means the Democrats cheated. So where will Lindsey Graham be this week? Is he going to lead a campaign against the obvious rigging and stealing of yet another election in Nevada? It doesn't even, the, the numbers don't even add up as it is the way they cheated because they let the Republican win. And yet there's this disparity between the Republican governor and then the Republican, run, run, the Republican running for senator, something like 13 or 14,000 votes. And the same thing's happening in Arizona with some of the smaller races where the Republicans are winning, but yet not Carrie Lake. 
She's a Trumpster. You know, not uh, Abe Hamaday. He's pro-Trump. So they've got to try to prevent that from going forward. Penske trucks pulling in a couple days after the election. Listen to the Maricopa election official Bill Gates on CNN, clip four. A thousand of these that are actually election day votes in person. And then the rest of the 75,000 are late earlies dropped off on election day. We do not know where these are from. These could be from anywhere in the county. Wow, we don't know where they're coming from. It could, could be anywhere. They're, they're coming in on the Penske trucks. So nothing to be concerned about here. I think the chain of custody, the transparency, all of that's uh, above board. It's good to go. Is it? Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. Listen again to Bill Gates from over the weekend, clip three. So I, why is it taking the amount of time it's taking? A lot of people are talking about this. Well, first of all, it's very standard. This is how things work in Arizona and have for decades. And this is due in part because of mail-in voting. But I told this group uh, that we anticipated 90 to 95 percent, or sorry, 95 to 99 percent of the ballots to be counted by Friday. That's tomorrow. But I'm here to tell you the goalposts have changed. The goalposts have changed. So that's, again, that's a, a confidence-inspiring statement there. I told you Friday, but we're going to need some extra time. You know why? Because, well, you count, you count like that. We've been doing this for decades. We've been, and, and it's because of the mail-in uh, voting, which we've been doing for two years. But we've been doing this for decades. And then, and then Carrie Lake, she's crying foul for obvious reasons. And, and listen to this man's reaction to that, that kind of criticism. Clip five. Quite frankly, it is offensive for Carrie Lake to say that these people behind me are slow rolling this when they're working 14 to 18 hours. So I really hope this is the end of that now. They're working so hard to process all the Democrat votes as fast as possible, waiting until, waiting until the very last, hopefully after Fox News calls the race, to get into those Republican votes. We'll save those to the very end. Arizona has a population of 7 million people. I think it's about a third of the size of Florida. Florida, there was a red wave, and we knew about it on election night. Wherever it's taking days and days to count, no red wave. So what's going on here? The longer this goes on, the more you see the, what happened last week. I mean, the, the vote tally just across the nation, it was like something like 6 million more people voted Republican. It was a red wave. It was, a, and as much as the Republicans were going up against numbers, specifically the, the Senate, the, the Democrats were only defending 20 seats in the Senate in this cycle, this election cycle. The Republicans had to defend 20. And, and as it is, without the cheating, they'd have a 52, 53 seat margin. You can be sure the Democrat cheating machines are preparing for two years from now when Democrats are going to have to defend 23 seats. The numbers going forward favor Republicans. But the Democrats are winning crucial races because cheating is now entrenched in American politics. How dare she criticize the process? These people are working long days, he says. Listen to the propagandists in the media talk about 
the process, this process, as if it's uh, now normal. This is clip one. The truth, everyone, as you know, is that it's going to take time, and that is normal. This is normal. Ordinary Arizonans will continue the ordinary work of counting votes. This is part of the process. Normal. This is normal. Yep. Don't get upset. Well, there are tens of thousands of votes remaining to be counted in those states, and the margins are going to be narrow, so it will take time. It take The process takes time. It takes time. So I'm going to say it again. This is going to take some time. It's going to take a little bit of time, but hopefully we'll have some clarity maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after. It's confusing. We need to count, so we need to be patient. We have to be patient. Just have to be patient. Let's be patient. And they're working really, really hard to try to get everything done in a timely fashion. So patience, patience, patience. This, it's good. Right. It's fine. This is what this looks like. And I think it's a, a, a matter of informing and re-educating people of what yeah. happens in elections. Yeah. We've got a few days ahead of us, most Take likely, guys. Take a breath is, is, the, uh, is the lesson here. Like pre-programmed robots. Patience, patience, patience. Time, time, time. Normal, normal, normal. If this was normal, would they have to keep telling us it's normal? If it's just normal, we're, we're all used to it. We know this is how it happens. It's exactly the opposite. It's abnormal. And they're out there, propagandists, them all, they're out there saying it's normal. Happens all the time. It's ordinary. You're just going to have to be patient. You're just gonna, these are tight races. You're going to have to be patient and wait this out. Well, we're waiting it out. And have you noticed that in every crucial race, the Demo after all of the ballot curing and harvesting, it's the Democrat who wins right at the last. Or if he shoots ahead like uh, the, the Democrat over Laxalt on Saturday night, then they call it. Fox News called it. So you know Laxalt lost. You know it. It's always a miracle come from behind victory for a Democrat. This is the way it always breaks down. But this is normal. Just know that this is normal. It happened, it's been happening for decades. Two years ago, they had a primary for Democrats. This was in the Iowa caucus, I believe. And there was some, some screw-ups with the, the machinery, as I recall. Listen to the talking heads back then. This is just two years ago, clip two. Breaking this morning, the Iowa caucuses. They're what's breaking, because the system is actually broken. We don't have results, but we have news about why we don't have uh, results. And I'm only being sarcastic because this is an epic failure by the Iowa State Democratic Party. Who won the Iowa caucus? And that's a key question. And who won Iowa? We don't know who won. We still do not know who won. We still don't know the numbers. The headline is, it wasn't the Russians in this case. It appears to be the Democrats who did it to themselves. Seems the jokes are going to start writing themselves. Look at the results. <laughs> exactly. Now, they are. Out of zeros. They can't run a bathroom. <laughs> How are they going to run a democracy? Wow. Breaking overnight. Caucus chaos. 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 Chaotic chaos. A real debacle. Not a good look for the Democrats. The real winner here, the results are in, is Donald Trump. We don't know who won, but we know who lost, and it's Iowa. This morning, the two chief political exports of Iowa are uncertainty and embarrassment. Uncertainty, embarrassment, chaos. That's the way they reported it. Two years ago, when there was a breakdown in the Iowa caucus, they, you see, it's more, it's more than just being brainwashed. They know. They know what's happening here, and they're responsible for covering it up. So they cover up. They cover up the Penske's traveling in with ballots two days after the election or all of those SUVs that dropped off ballots in Detroit two years ago. 
They cover up the glitches to the machines. They cover up the mules. They cover up everything and then tell you this is normal for it to go on for days and days and days. My father has a, an article in the, the uh, latest Royal Vision. Uh, if you want to subscribe to this magazine, it's got some deep spiritual meat each time that it comes out, but uh, excellent studies if you're digging into your Bible. The 800 number, one 930 3024. He's taught the title is Reason with God, and he gives some, some examples here with uh, what happened during our six years of litigation over Mystery of the Ages. Our lawsuit uh, against the Worldwide Church of God, or they filed suit against us, we filed a countersuit. And then all through this six years of litigation, I mean, God was exposing the devil's work of deception, He was exposing it all. And, of course, the point of the article is that we really need to be reasoning with God because, uh, because of the depths of Satan, as it says in Romans uh, or Revelation 2.24. Satan is deceptive. The carnal mind, it's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So to be able to expose the devil's reasonings, we really do have to draw near to God and reason with him. That's Isaiah 1 and verse 18 by the way. But my father says here, in the court case, we expose Satan. He hates that. He disagrees with God's assessment that he is evil. He likes people to call him God and to worship him as though he is good and loving. Talks about the, uh, the man of sin in 2 Thessalonians 2 and how that Satan installed that man inside the church, God's own church. And he went to work destroying the church from the top down. Some real parallels with what we're seeing happen in uh, the United States today with uh, Barack Obama currently carrying out his third term. It says here, uh, that is what the Laodiceans did. They paraded their exalted reasoning, but all they were doing was worshiping Satan and his man. And then my father says this, this same wicked reasoning infects politics today. Radical leaders know their reasoning is wrong. They are dishonest, and they know it, but they think the end justifies the means. This is how they could all come together in a coordinated attack against Donald Trump, even to the point of sacrificing a majority in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, in order to get Trump. They're all deranged in their thinking. They're all reasoning together with the devil. And the only one that's calling them out, that would be Donald Trump. It makes you appreciate what he was saying, Trump that is, back in 2016, before he even went through any election. By some miracle, by some hand of God, he was able to beat Hillary Clinton by the narrowest of margins. But before that, if you remember, he was going on and on and on about election stealing, rigging elections. How prescient are those comments today when you look back and you have the benefit of hindsight? He saw it. He was exposing it. And then it was stolen from him in 2020, and he continues to talk about it, as well he should. And now look at what's happening today. Look at what's happening this week in Arizona, in Nevada, and what probably happened in New Hampshire, where they, they had election security, where they had transparency. It was a red wave, and we learned about it 
the night of. How do you explain these anomalies? These same anomalies that were there in 2020. Trump winning all of the bellwether counties and, and, and signs going in his favor. And yet in those few areas where the counting went on for days, if you can believe it. It went on for days. And in every one of those cases, the Democrat came out on top. The Democrats, when they control the machines, they control the elections. What did Barack Obama say? Whenever people are in power, they have the, the tendency to try to tilt things in their direction. Really? I mean, that's true. That's a true statement. Coming from someone who sounded like, at that time, he sounded like the angel of light. He's a little angrier these days. Maybe, maybe he's happy now that they're pulling off more steals. But going into the election, he was angry. Anytime they sense they're losing a little bit of their power, their tone changes, doesn't it? They know. They know. So he's in, in 2008. He's saying all the right things. We need transparency. We need, although when you talk about, yeah, the Department of Justice needs to get involved. Uh-oh. Because they're certainly involved now. And they're not prosecuting real crimes of election theft. They're intimidating Republican officials to make sure that these Democrats who control the machines control the machines. But what a contrast when you look at what he said, Barack Obama, the dear leader. He said that in 2008. He said, well, it helps that we've got a Democrat controlling the machines in, uh, in Ohio. And then you fast forward eight years. All of the polls said Hillary was going to win the race running away. And, of course, Donald Trump, for his part, was saying, these people are cheaters. These people will steal an election. If, if given the opportunity, they'll steal it. And remember Barack Obama's response to those charges? This is from 2016, clip 14. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even, you could even rig America's elections in part because they're so decentralized and the numbers of votes involved. There's no evidence that that has happened in the past or that there are instances in which that will happen this time. He just contradicted what he said in 2008. He said, remember, I'm from Chicago. Listen, I got to be honest with you. We've had some, some machines in Chicago that have cheated, that have stolen elections. So, you know, there's some fault on both sides. Here... Again, he's saying this because he is certain that Hillary Clinton is going to win no problem. Here he says there's no evidence that it's happened in the past or that it could in the future. This is the statement that comes from someone who's in control. He now controls the election process. And he didn't use it quite as effectively as he did in 20, 2020. But look. He, uh, he had that administrative state in place. He had worked for eight years to get control, to put the, the Obama people in over at the DOJ, the FBI, all of these state levels. He tweet, as he tweeted yesterday, it's really important that we get these secretary of states in power because they have a lot to do with the elections that happen from state to state. But there he is saying no serious person would ever suggest that there could be cheating. And of course, as soon as Donald Trump shocked the world, 
the first thing that comes out of his mouth is that, well, he cheated, and the Russians helped him. The Russians swung the election to Trump's favor. Listen again to Obama from October 2016, clip 15. I have never seen in my lifetime or in modern political history uh, any presidential candidate trying to discredit the elections and the election process before votes have even taken place. It's unprecedented. It happens to be based on no facts. Every expert, regardless of political party, regardless of ideology, conservative or liberal, who has ever examined these issues in a serious way will tell you that instances of significant voter fraud are not to be found. He lies, you see. He lies, and the lies, they contradict previous statements that he made in 2008, to be precise. No evidence. So you can see why. The, uh, the robots, the propagandists in the media, would come out with their no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, in 2020, after they successfully pulled off the steal. He says, this is unprecedented for Donald Trump to criticize an election process before the actual election. Donald Trump was the only one confronting them on this. Listen to this exchange. This is from 2016, again, before Donald Trump shocked the world, clip 13. Do you still think the election is going to be stolen from you? Jeremy, you need to get, everybody needs to get behind Obama. that. Tell him to look at his tape when he was running eight years ago. Ask Obama. Do you think the election could be stolen from you? Why don't you ask Obama about that? He's ref he was referring to that 2008 clip that we led the, the, the segment with. And at the time, all these commentators were like, well, what, what, what's Donald Trump referring to? Eight years ago, we have to dig into the archives at C-SPAN to try to figure out which quote, which clip it is? Well, you saw it at the top of the show. He knew. He knew. Look, don't be a hypocrite. Don't come at me like, like I'm the only one that's ever called into question the results of an election. They do it all the time. Let, go listen to Obama from 2008. How are you going to keep it from being stolen from you? Well, it helps that we've got a Democrat controlling the machines. Good for Donald Trump to confront this. And, of course, he confronted it head on after 2020. And look at how quickly people just caved in to the other side. The communist infiltration, the communist attack, and said, you know what? I can remember Laura Ingram just a few days after they crowned Joe Biden. I can remember her saying, you know, we, we should just move on. You know, the lesson here is that we should have had more lawyers in these uh, dark blue districts to observe the process. So just move on. In other words, let him, let him get away with the fraud. Let him get away with all of this corruption. And next time it'll be better. Really? Is it better this time around? It's the exact same story. Look at these two uh, tweets. This is Scott Adams. He's the comic strip guy. He's, he's, on the one hand, he's tweeting about the, the longer that this goes on, 
these elections, the more it casts doubt on their legitimacy. Look at this, this clip, if you can bring it on the screen. No one designs an election system like Arizona's if their top objective is public confidence in the vote. A late, a late reporting system is by design non-credible to the public. It's not credible. This is a fraud. But notice what he says at the end there. We should all be skeptical of the American election integrity, but I recommend accepting its results. Accepting its results? If it's fraudulent, that's the same reasoning. That How strong is the spirit of the devil? I mean, the depths of Satan, Revelation 2.24. We should all be skeptical. I'm not sure that the right outcome uh, came out here, but, but I recommend that we accept the results. Now, that's from a few days ago. And, and compare that, he's, a, he's been fairly supportive of many of Donald Trump's presidency or, or policies, I should say. I don't know if he was right at the very beginning, but he came around. He came around over the course of those four years. But listen, look at this tweet also from a few days ago. This is the same guy, Scott Adams, and it says here, if you can pull it up, pull it up bigger so I can see it. <laughs> this, okay, below you see Donald Trump, a truth social. He says something about Glenn Youngkin. He splits it up into Young, Ken, and said, now that's interesting. Uh, sounds Chinese. So he makes fun of his name. And then Scott Adams above says, yeah, I'm out. That's it for me. That ne- Consider me a never-Trumper. I am against Donald Trump. He made fun of someone. And look, none of us are endorsing uh, put-downs. And, and Donald Trump, he has a lot of them. But when you just lay it beside a put-down of some, of some politician and stealing an election? How do you explain that? Well, you explain that with Revelation 12 and verse 9. You explain it with other verses that talk about Satan wanting to blot out even the name of Israel. A statement from Donald Trump is all it takes for people to abandon ship. A lie. A lie. And a false narrative is all it takes for people to jump ship. You don't make fun of someone. Uh, and oh, you led the insurrection. You nearly took over the government. All these lies. And they've been proven. They've been proven false. Demonstrably so. And yet people just continue to go right along. See what happens when you don't when you don't stand, it, we went through 1 Corinthians 13 in class this morning, by the way. This beautiful, beautiful definition of God's love. And how that God's love, among other things, it rejoices in truth. It really wants truth at center stage. It wants to expose lies and deception, cut right through it, and just celebrate truth and honesty. You don't see any of that going on in the world today. Certainly not. Certainly not in politics. They lie. And like my father says in this article, they know it. They, they, they can remember how they reacted to the Iowa caucus. But now, two years later, you fast forward. This is normal. This is, this is ordinary. Yeah, it's, it takes time. They're close races. This is third world. This is third world corruption. And everyone's seeing it. You can be sure they're seeing it around the world. I mean, this is why France works with paper ballots only. Because people hack into machines, just like uh, Obama 2008 said. 
The 2008 version of Obama acknowledged that when people are in power, they like to tilt the election in their favor. Don't take it from me. Take it from the dear leader. The 2008 version, he knows. He knows that people cheat. The media, they know it. The National Pulse this year talking about the coordinated effort to destroy Trump. That the big, that's the big takeaway from last week's midterm. Wouldn't it be interesting if the tables turn on McConnell? There's already someone running against McCarthy for House Speaker. Because they, you know, they may have wanted to thread the needle, you know, uh, win a few seats so that we can maybe have a slim majority. But we've got it. It can't be overwhelming enough for where Donald Trump gets the credit. We've got to destroy him. So we, we've already gone through the numbers. You know how McConnell was backing the, uh, the never Trumpers, basically, and not supporting ones like Blake Masters in Arizona. He was on his own. No help from Mitch McConnell. Wouldn't it be interesting if these rhino Republicans, if, if they now are in danger of losing their power, as perhaps more Republicans wake up to what's happening here? There, there certainly are more. You know, Sundance had a piece last week about ballots versus voters, how that they're basically stealing elections. And as he acknowledged the other night, there's more and more people, Victor Davis Hanson, there's others tweeting, Michael Knowles over at uh, the Daily Wire. He said, the longer this goes on, the more you know it's cheating. There's more and more people speaking up now saying it's cheating, it's obvious. You see, they, they were pounded into submission two years ago. You just couldn't say it unless you were Rudy Giuliani or Jenna Ellis. You just couldn't say it. They'd blot you out in a second. Well, now more are waking to after 2,000 mules, after all of these, these things Mike Lindell has exposed about the flaws in the machines. National Poll says, after Tuesday's elections, entities owned and managed by Rupert Murdoch and his son Lachlan have lined up against President Donald J. Trump. There is now a coordinated effort across the New York Post, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal against Trump. It says here, the Post is running columns by longtime Trump hater John Poderitz and gun grabber Pierce Morgan bashing the 45th president. Poderitz's piece also lashes out at Blake Masters as an election denier and ludicrously asserts that we shouldn't support candidates Mitch McConnell doesn't like. Morgan, meanwhile, is urging Republicans to dump Trump. Unfortunately for him, American conservatives, American conservatives don't tend to listen to foreigners that want to eradicate our Second, second Amendment. Well, it's a long article, but, but it does show how coordinated it all is. It says here, let me just get the conclusion. They, they are also purposefully stoking the flames of war against allegiances to Donald Trump and, and Ron DeSantis. Every ounce of energy directed between the two is a gallon of fuel not going into a long overdue war against McConnell and Murdoch. Getting the, the America first base to kill off each other is communist strategy 101. Wow, some interesting language. It says here, if this News Corp, uh, News Corp Fox Corp collusion is uh, an indicator of what the 2024 primary will look, by, look like, then Donald Trump is going to, he's going to be, he is back to being the outsider candidate. Donald Trump needs to seize this opportunity as the outsider to recapture the energy 
of 2016. The system is aligned against him and his voters. It says, finally, we don't accept foreign interference in our elections. The Murdochs will regret sticking their Aussie thumbs on the scale. Will the tables begin to turn? And not just, we know it will on the communist left, but what about even the rhino right? As, as I said last week, you've got Paul Ryan coming out of the woodwork. You had the Mike Pence op-ed perfectly timed for a day or two after the midterm. And then his, his sit-down, his sit-down with ABC, again, perfect timing. Listen to this exchange from over the weekend, clip 10. And in the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It angered me. But I turned to my daughter who was standing nearby and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem. He wanted Congress to examine the evidence of a fraudulent election, a process that he presided over and that Donald Trump happily <laughs> entrusted him to take care of. And he didn't, he didn't do it. He was a coward. He was intimidated into silence. And now he's like one of so many who, who's out there. If I just bash Donald Trump, somehow that puts me in the front runner position for 2024. Will it? I guess we'll see. We don't put faith in this corrupt election process. But are they going to be able to just peel away all of these Trump voters or this, this support from ordinary Americans from Donald Trump? Is it going to be that easy for them? I guess they really think so. I guess they really believe it. If they just all gang tackle him, that eventually, eventually, they can win the kind of support and adulation coming from ordinary Americans that Donald Trump has been pretty good at, at, at getting, for sure. Here, here coming, just apart from all of that, for a second, just consider, just consider those exit polls that said 81% of Americans were unhappy with the course of this country. And so they turned out in droves, 6 million more voted Republican. And because why? Because they wanted more of the same? Because they wanted Joe Obama to continue with these dreadful policies? Because they want open borders? Because they, they love trillion-dollar packages on green new energy deals so that, that our money's worth nothing? They showed, the red wave showed up because they wanted change. They wanted to put a stop to Joe Obama's policies. That in itself tells you that they're cheating. And now they come out and they take the victory lap. You heard it the day after the midterms from Joe Biden. Take the victory lap. It was actually a blue wave, I guess. And also, it's wonderful the way that it works out because this finally, it finally destroys Donald Trump. The Uniparty finally wins. This is from uh, uh, Sundance. It says here, coincidental and happenstance, George Bush and Barack Obama schedule a conference on disinformation and democracy to follow the midterm election. 
here come here comes George Bush now helping Barack Obama. Yeah, we got to dispel all the disinformation that goes on out there about about elections, about fraud. There's no fraud anymore. Now everything's perfect. When people get into power, they don't try to tilt the election in their favor. They they run perfect elections. So say the communists, now that they're in power, now that they control the machines, now that they control the process, now that they can stretch it out for days and bring in the Penske trucks. It says here, it's just coincidental happenstance, they say. Both George W. Bush and Barack Hussein Obama have scheduled conferences to highlight concerns over disinformation in the wake of the U.S. midterm election. Democracy is at stake if people do not blindly trust the constructs of the election systems that are now in place. Sundance says, with the demand to accept the new normal, former presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama are hosting back-to-back conferences about disinformation in the days following Donald Trump's big announcement. So Trump comes out with his announcement. I guess that's tomorrow. And now that's going to be fascinating to watch as well. I mean, we've been told it's his, you know, his official declaration that he's running for president. But what if it's something different? Who knows? And with what's happened over the past week, what, is he, what must he be thinking at the moment? I mean, if I have the popular support of everyone right across the country, if, if you can't win Pennsylvania and Michigan and Nevada and Arizona... There's no pathway. So what's going to happen between now and two years from now? Well, that brings the prophecy that we refer to so often in 2 Kings 14 right to center stage. There's some kind of war. There's some kind of, of struggle for Jeroboam to recover what is rightfully his. Maybe there's more to come from this fraud in Arizona going on at the moment. Maybe Carrie Lake factors into it. Maybe there's a, you know, in Nevada, the Republican governor won, but not the, uh, not the Republican senator candidate. So maybe a Republican governor there will help to clean it up. I don't know. Again, we're not putting our faith in the voting process. So much of it seems like it's, it's, it's beyond repair. If you can just create ballots, and, and send them in on the Penske truck. How do you beat that? No wonder they have so many basement candidates. And, and isn't it amazing? These ones that come from behind, this, this miracle, winning at the very last set, you, you don't hear from them. Katie Hobbs, the, the lady in Nevada that beat uh, Laxalt. You don't, through this five, six, seven day period, they virtually say nothing. They know. They know the process is in motion. They know they're fine. They're con- as I mean, contrast it with Carrie Lake, who's out there saying, look, we're, it's not just a question that we won. It's by how much, how much cheating are they going to be able to get away with? Laxalt said the same thing. The percentages, as you break them down, there's not enough votes for them to, to overtake me at the last. Well, they sure did. They had just enough, just enough votes to overtake Laxalt at the end. As I say, people are beginning to wake up now, though, and talk about ballots as opposed to voters. They're talking about the system, how that it's broken, how that it's flawed, 
Listen to Tucker Carlson from last week on the process in Maricopa County, clip six. The budget of Maricopa County is about four and a half billion dollars a year. For perspective, the entire Hoover Dam cost $890 million to build. And yes, that is in adjusted dollars. So for the price of five Hoover Dams, Maricopa County can't even count the ballots in a single statewide election in a country that claims to care about democracy. They can't even manage to let people vote on election day. On election day, according to the county, 70 of 223 polling places suffered major problems with voting machines. Machines the county paid millions for just recently. And their failure disenfranchised mostly Republican voters who wanted to cast their ballots in person. One poll worker reported that 25% of ballots were being rejected. Now, you would call that third world, but actually it's beneath third world. Most third world countries have serious elections. They require voter ID. They don't wait days for election results in Ghana. In Venezuela, whatever you think of it, they tally their ballots within hours. But suddenly we can't manage to do that? No, we can. And, and that's just normal. That's just normal. It's taken days and days and days to count ballots. We, we've been doing it that way for decades, says Bill Gates, the election official over Maricopa County. An election official with the perfect name, by the way. Bill Gates. Yeah, how dare she criticize our pro They're working 14 hours. <laughs> The steel, the, ste the, the, rig, the rigged election, they're all in on it. They all know. They, know. they know how corrupt this system is. Curing ballots, hauling in ballots two days after the election is over. And here, here, as I said last week, Republicans that are willing to even sustain some pretty substantial losses in order, they're going to try to take the House. I mean, there's still lots of Republicans insisting, no, no, don't worry, we've got the House. Well, it's been stuck on 212 for days, as they count. And all these little districts in California, does that make you feel really secure in the process? The Republicans need 218 to get a majority. What if, what if Pelosi stays in there? And then Mitch McConnell, he's quiet as a mouse, doesn't say anything about Nevada. I mean, I mean, Lindsey Graham did, but as I say, he'll quiet down now because the steel's been pulled off. And I mean, you can't go too long with this, this talk about uh, election steals because that, I mean, people begin to lose faith in the process and they have so much faith in the process as it is. Everyone knows it's beyond repair, as I say. Boy, these next few weeks could be quite interesting with Donald Trump evidently making his declaration. And these next two years, how about that? Lots of developments. American Thinker says, with this obstacle in place, Republicans can't get the White House. This can't happen. See, more and more are, are waking up to make the same point that Sundance makes. Look, they're, they're masters at harvesting. Forget about trying to persuade voters. Just get ballots. Just get paper ballots. Or not even that. Just tweak the machines a bit. Victor Davis Hanson. During the COVID lockdowns, American elections radically changed to mail-in and early voting. They did so in a wild variety of state-by-state -state ways. Add ranked voting and a required majority margin to the mess, and the result is that that once cherished election day, balloting becomes increasingly irrelevant. Sounds like he's uh, finally coming around to 
being an election denier, more and more having the courage to speak up. It says the Democrats, with overwhelming media and money advantages, have mastered these arts of massive, massive and unprecedented early mail-in and absentee voting. Old-fashioned Republicans count on riling up their votes to show up on the election day, but it's far easier to finesse and control the mail-in ballots than to get out the vote. See, who cares if you've got a Senate candidate who's sustained massive brain damage and can hardly function because of it? Who cares about the, the election day vote when you've already got 600,000 ballots mailed in before the election, even before the debate? It's all about the ballots, isn't it? I mentioned Michael Knowles. Here's the specific tweet. The longer it takes to tally the votes, the less you should believe the result. Well, like I say, there's some, some people speaking out, some more mainstream conservatives speaking out, ones that were maybe a little, a little hesitant to do so two years ago. Because after all, we've got to get rid of the bad orange man. And uh, if anything, like Laura Ingram said, it's that Trump didn't have enough lawyers in place. Not enough uh, lawyers watching the process. We saw all that evidence, people covering up windows, kicking poll workers out, and then the footage in Dinesh D'Souza's movie, All the Mules. And then, as Mike Lindell has exposed, the problem with the machines, something that Barack Obama and just about every other prominent Democrat and their dog has commented on in years past. How vulnerable the U.S. election system is because of the machines. Because the machines can be hacked. Obama said that two years ago. Listen again to the, the, the clip we played at the top of the show. This is Barack Obama in 2008, clip 12. I would just like to know what you can say to reassure us that this election will not be rigged or stolen. Well, Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Um, but, but look, I come from Chicago, so, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. That's why we've got to have uh, a, I, I believe, a voting rights division in uh, the Justice Department that is nonpartisan and that is serious about, you know, investigating cases of vote fraud, is serious about making sure that people aren't being discouraged to vote. That's why... Uh, the voting rights legislation that was passed a couple of years ago to help county clerks make sure that the machines were in place that were needed were, are important. That's why we need paper trails on these new electronic machines so that you actually have something that you can hang on to after you've punched that letter, make sure that it hasn't been hacked into. I mean, those are all part and process of making sure that our democracy works for everybody. They're sure uh, singing a different tune today. 
They don't want the paper trails. They don't <laughs> they bring in the Penske truck, even in day, broad daylight. Machines being vulnerable. Nope, nope, not a problem today. Everything's just perfect. How is this all going to be sorted out? <laughs> America Under Attack is your go-to source, your go-to book for understanding. one 930 3024. I'll leave you with a, a couple of short clips. I won't have time to give much commentary on it. Maybe uh, none is needed. This is the actor John Voigt in a post yesterday, clip nine. You see, the only way we can win these elections is to see the lies, deceit, and corruption from the left, the media, and the unknowns who know who they are. Let us all come together and to vote for true justice for all. Let us pray that the one president who understood truths and had the best interest of the American people, the American dream, President Donald Trump, will return to the presidency. He and only he can stop this swamp, this deceit and injustice. He and only he. I can't imagine that statement's winning him any friends in Hollywood, by the way. One other statement that <laughs> jumped out at me over the weekend, this is the radical leftist, uh, Jamie Raskin, uh, a statement that he made on one of the Sunday shows, Clip 11. We know that the, the hard-right Freedom Caucus people are in search of another candidate. And one potential candidate uh, whose name has been floated is Donald Trump himself, because the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. They want, they want to get rid of him. They want to destroy him. But they're still just a little nervous that he somehow may come back that he somehow still has a political future. <laughs> that's Jamie. That's a well-known Democrat there suggesting that he could even come back uh, through the House of Representatives. Of course, the House, the Republicans would have to gain a majority there. It seems unlikely, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Who knows? Who knows how that this is going to play out? What we do know is that he's coming back. And in some ways, you know, I've kind of watched this tragedy unfold over the weekend with a bit of a smile on my face because I've thought, you know what? It's corrupt through and through. Obama told us it was in 2008. Only God can fix this. And that's what God wants us to put our hope in, to just rest in the sure word of Bible prophecy. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.